thought I brought another drink in here. I need to get one. I don't have. I have no alcohol in my house. I That's would a good be getting thing, some right now. What was that? That's a good thing, right? Yes, but not during fucking podcasts and star school stuff. It's like, oh my god. I just sit in this room, and this room makes me want to smoke and drink so badly. Not because of this, but like, I don't know what it is. I don't know my altar, and it's just like, makes me a thirsty bitch, but it makes me want to change my mind. Maybe you should, uh, dive deep into that. Figure out why, oh, I, why yeah. the cravings hit. During your work room. It's, it's weird. Why do you have a craving for uh, the smokes and the alcohol during working hours? A craving for an alternative mind. Opening your third eye to help our students. There you go. It's a, <laughs> it's a workplace expense. I feel so shut in. I need to open my third fucking eye. <laughs> Welcome back to the newest all the podcast. My name is Rainer Raymond. We got White Wolf and we got Sigvita Ufar. We are going to be talking about celebrating Yule and making sure you're truthful to yourself and your practice while still being respectful of your community around you if they celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, or anything and everything. So that's how we're going to get into it. We all had a similar experience growing up. We might hit into it, we might not, um, but we're just going to see how the conversation goes and talk about talk about Yule and Christmas and how we navigate it. I was looking up when Kwanzaa was, because I always say Kwanzaa as a holiday, but I didn't know when it was. At the same time, same time. It's the 26th, or December 26th to January 1st. Cool. Unrelated, but you said the two, and I'm like, you know, everyone religious like Christianity or Hanukkah or uh, the Christian uh, Jewish religious faiths. But we don't do a whole lot of others, and Kwanzaa always comes to mind when someone when we talk about it. So, yeah. hmm. I was trying to buy very expensive pieces of art. The misses would be happy with that purchase. Mine? Yeah. No. <laughs> with that, a hundred percent though. That will help. Out. If you put the and says it's for her, she might let him get away with it. There we go. <laughs> Probably not. Happy Yule. Buy that I definitely didn't just spend four five thousand dollars on a painting. No, I would never do such a thing. It's an investment. I mean, yeah, it's an investment. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. If the yeah, Louvre taught us anything, it will soon be history. That's how you avoid avoid taxes, but sure. I'm pretty sure if he buys it, Sigma Ufar will be history, so. <laughs> I'll make a painting. I'm not saying it'll be good, but then again, you look around and those paintings aren't good anymore, so. You can drop like five grand on art, fuck, I'll draw you something, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got rent to pay, what do you want? <laughs> Penguin. Or, or a raccoon. I, I want a raccoon <laughs> hugging a penguin. I don't know if I want to draw that. <laughs> Wait, for five grand, I will. But like, uh, uh, maybe like, maybe like, like 
raccoon or a penguin, like a raccoon birthday party around a kitty table with a cake and a little party hats and shit. See, there Maybe you go. That. I want the penguin dressed up like a clown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trying to think what a pinata right. would be. It couldn't be like, it would be like, I don't know what a what the pinata would be. A dolphin. What are they, I was going to say, what do they both hate? Yeah. Like a dolphin will work. Dolphin will work. What about like, like a, a squirrel? Or a squirrel. Oh, yeah. We could do squirrels. Squirrels are dicks. Have all the squirrels up in the tree over here like that. Sorry, Radatasker. But <laughs> you, you are a dick. Yeah, no, you are kind of a dick. You're actively <laughs> trying to it. kill us. The, the one normal universal truth isn't that Loki's a dick, it's that actually Radatasker is historically the most consistent asshole in the entire realm. <laughs> All he does is stir shit up. That's it. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, no. Anyway, Yule, our chaos is going to be rampant tonight. Fair warning. We already started. What did you say? <laughs> well, like the start. How you celebrate Yule, and in conjunction with the, if you have Christian or Christmas holidays around you in society or your family. Oh, I, I'm, oh just... I'm glad you realized you were muted. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I was muted. Um, I said we're all sober, and we're already rambling. Sober? I'll fucking fix that. <laughs> this is not sober, y'all. This is not good. We need to fix it. Ship me some. <laughs> we do better not rambling when we're inebriated. It's because our, I don't know, we're over-analytical when we're sober, or when we're not sober, it's like just <laughs> throwing shit in the open and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Where's my Grizzly app? I need alcohol delivered to my home right fucking meow. <laughs> uh. So yeah, um, Yule, it's... Yule, it, yes. It could be celebrated on multiple different days on how you want to practice um you can start on the winter solstice that's where i usually do i've heard of people that um end on the winter solstice there you go sick deer. now it's two-thirds <laughs> uh but there's that um and the duration of Yule can vary. I've heard 12 days of Yule, um, three days of Yule. Uh, you could do the one day of Yule. I want to say is one of our previous episodes. I, you know, made the comment of whatever is available to you. Um, it's not about the, the quantity. It's about the quality and the intention behind it. Is it a good quality eventful Yule that, you know, you feel honored to be proud of so and the duration is usually 
manipulated by how you practice or how you celebrate it. If you do like one thing, like one event, not like a small event, or it could be a small event, one thing, one focal, that could be a one day thing. If you want to do something like the Yule log that you can do a Yule log in one day, or you can try to extend it for multiple days and you can see however long the Yule log, some people will start the Yule log and for however long it can burn is how long it, their celebration goes for. So and there's a lot, there's a lot more than that obviously with different practices, but that usually is what manip manipulates how long or when the focal times are for a lot of people because some do celebrate, um, which is a really fun practice, is to celebrate it outside, not like obviously just the ritual, but like the practices. So decorating trees, doing garlands, ornaments, however you want to do it, doing it to a tree outside and not having an inside tree. Like you can have an inside tree. Um, a lot of us grew up in Christian households or have that. Um, Traditionally, from what has been talked about, at least, is the Christmas tree obviously came from our beliefs anyway, our culture, where they would bring in a tree and um, have it as a representation of the new life coming in spring, or they would keep one tree preserved and basically nourish it to make sure it survives through it as an offering to the gods. So a Christmas tree anyway is just not a Christmas tree. It's a fucking Nordic tree, but whatever. Um, yeah, but some if you have one inside, like a lot of people do, because it's traditionally a Christmas tree now. You can set, you can hang it there. Some people live in crazy climates. Um, my cabin, uh, it's one of my favorite things to do when I go to my cabin in Yule is actually do everything outside because it's in the forest. So it's really cool to just deck out a whole tree and go crazy with it, with it still being alive and like in the snow and everything with it. I really enjoy that. But but yeah, there's a whole lot, of, and that's usually what the, that comes down to is timelines based off ritual, I guess. So I still, just as a fun little tidbit, once we get New Uppsala into a brick and mortar, I plan on cutting down an entire tree to be like, Yule Log. Start it on one end and let it burn. The celebration keeps going until that log is gone. And that's the thing is like, I thought about that a lot on like how to make a Yule log last longer, right? Because a lot of people like don't put it out. So it's always burning, but it's just that slow, but you still want to have a fire going. So I've seen those, you know, like uh, the videos with like those V-shaped things feeding fires and they have logs stacked to it and they just, it, it feeds itself through the fire kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, that would make sense if like you did one tree and cut it up saying the tree is the Yule log and these are not. But I think it would be, I've always wondered how they do like one, it would have to be a, like you said, like a damn redwood and then just burning that thing for like a week. Well, yeah. it's also uh, a practice of bringing the last year's Yule log to help start the new uh, Yule log. You, you know, kidling and everything to help start the new one because then it would represent the cycle like this was from last year. Look at where we all came from. Um, another way is you can, I've seen people celebrate in January because um, I want to say it was a Christian king. He added a holiday or a, he added a whole month um, and they celebrate in January on the full moon. Um but on the topic of, you know, Christians bringing in the Christmas tree, I know of this stanza within the Bible that has, um, you know, one that you shouldn't bring a Christmas tree in 
because that's what the heathens. So I looked it up. Um, trust but verify everything that I'm saying. It's from the King James Bible. Uh, it's from Jeremiah uh, 10 2 to 10 4. I have one of those. I do too, except for it's an audiobook. Uh, thus, Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah 10 2 10 4. Um, thus said the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen and be not dismayed, dismayed at the signs of heaven for the heathens are dismayed at them for the customs of the people are vain for one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the ax. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. So roughly, you know, it's what our ancestors did and um, they're not trying to, uh, they're trying to get away from that. It's way of them, Christian, uh, the Christianization of Yule, the winter solstice into what we call uh, modern day Christmas. So to all your Christian families, uh, and be like, well, you're practicing a, a pagan holiday with your pagan practice right now. And, it's your own Bible. Yeah. Bringing uh, that story inside. <laughs> um, but as always, don't uh, be dis- disrespectful about it. If you come off disrespectful, then it's going to be seen as arrogance. And um, that's no way to educate others and bring legitimate feel uh bring legitimacy and make others feel that your path is legitimate so it's bad for our brand yeah that's that's another good way to put it thank you i will <laughs> yeah don't go kicking down grandma's door and tell her she's gonna go to valhalla instead of her heaven because she has a tree inside it's not recommended no it's funny what i now, would say would be uh you're going to hell now, the That's funniest what I would part say. of that is I actually heard a story one time of somebody saying something similar like that. They're super chill grandma. They had a great relationship with grandma. And they became North Pagan and she was still Catholic. And they said something to their grandmother. And their grandmother went like, shh, and like took them in another room. And she was like, so you follow the old gods? Like got excited. And he was like, hold on, my entire existence is a fucking lie. Grandma's out here knowing the shit I'm saying. What the fuck? Grandma's spitting truth bombs. What the fuck? <laughs> and just imagine, put yourself in those shoes. You've been raised in that environment for so long. You knew grandma was only Catholic. Like, devout Catholic. Went to church every Sunday. Did everything that way. Grandpa dies, and you're like, Hey, Grandma, you know your uh, Christmas tree's a pagan ritual. And she's like, Shh. Follow the old gods? Like, like, hold on. Maybe, maybe grandma's a production of Rig or Odin when they were wandering. Probably. Now that I know these words, like, oh my god, like, <laughs> how do you think I survived the wars? <laughs> she escaped the Holocaust with a fucking hammer. <laughs> right. She's just like, fuck. It's like, whoa. She. During the, the Holocaust and everything, she just kept on saying until Valhalla. 
<laughs> no one fucking this. They're not we're scared. They're like, I'm not fucking with that chick. Uh-uh. You hear that shit? We're Germanic. We're aware of what she's saying. I'm not going near her. <laughs> she's not afraid. I she, she's welcoming it. <laughs> now, I know we're supposed to be talking about Yule. Get ready. We're going on a tangent. Another one. <laughs> I took one sip of whiskey and I'm fucking roll. It's amazing. What do you guys think would happen? Okay. Take what we know now and get time travel back to Nazi Germany. As pagans, with our practice, our faith, and everything, we have the books, we have everything lined up, we have citations and everywhere. And they said some heinous shit, and you just go, you're wrong. Here's why. And you just start listing out that you'd probably get killed. But. Just imagine having that, not moral high ground, but just the high ground of knowledge. Like, no, this is what this says. This is what this means. This is where this interpretation came from. This is where this came from. This is what they believe. This is what these people believe. And just rail them with it. What you're describing is Odin's entire existence. I know. That's like all he fucking does. I would imagine that they would offer you a very nice long shower, but who knows? Probably. But would they? I, so... If you don't speak German, you'd never know until it's too late. <laughs> that is the shower. We need to get a, one of our students to help translate. Translate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we have zero audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, alright, if we're... On the side of Germany, again hypothetical. Whoa! I know. So, and we're the we're the conservative. We're not. We're not hypothetically. Yes, we're not. We're not the AFA. Um, but hypothetically, if we're on Germany's side, and you know we're we're speaking Germany, we're on the Nazi side, and we're the the religious consultant. I think the bastardization of the signs and the interpretation from what we know nowadays would be less because as the it would be either less or the same because they would just dismay us and be like, no, fuck that. I don't want to do that because that's the role was will be consultant. Now, if we're on the the other side, you know, what the, the side winning of, team, the, the <laughs> winning team and, you know, the side we we are all on right now on this podcast, um, the allies. I think if we would be the consultant to the world of what Nazi is, you know, demonizing these signs for hate and start the trend of taking it back versus letting it fester for decades until the revitalization of paganism uh, in the 70s or 80s. So your proposal would be having, if you were on the other side, um, guiding... I mean, it's guiding a psychopath through a war zone that he's created, but... 
Well, so I, get, I get the I get the allies side yeah. saying, "Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna attempt to purify what they're bastardizing, purifying symbols even during that rotation during that time." But I'm I'm not sure. So it would be if you were consulting, it would depend obviously on who, what, when, where, how, why. But like, if we were just gonna go straight to like do a fewer type thing, it would be basically like what we do when we go to our prisons and and talk to inmates. It's it's a very difficult thing because to your point, like you just get killed for saying the wrong thing with it. Yeah, that, that that's another, you know, avenue that you brought up is like, right, if we were to consult Hitler, like, let's go straight to the top and not have to go through okay, chain like, of command. Apparently. Yeah, we're, we're going to go straight to Hitler and be like, so your, your symbol, you know, it's not the actual symbol. Also, Thor's hammer, that's not what that means. And, you know, be the the religious expert for him and not be a blind follower that'd be like you're so right hitler to, it, it wouldn't be like trying to dismay the path it'd be more like you're using the wrong material for this gain or you're you're using the wrong symbols for the wrong words kind of thing and he's basically saying he's mistranslating his own symbols yeah and like hypothetically we're on hitler's side we would give him the right ones hate that sentence right. but it would be my way of self-preservation <laughs> just just slip in like a star of david in one of them and just see if he freaks <laughs> but no like uh, yeah that's give him third sword or something as a symbol be like you're trying to purge the land right that's exactly what cert does in during ragnarok that's your goal well not pure i guess it would be puring the world i yeah, hate that was his goal I that was hitler's goal would right. be to purify bloodline i am done thinking about that because it's what a hitler talk let's talk about it yes <laughs> to be clear that is not why I brought that up. We are but on we the allies. Hundred percent we're on the allies. From all well, the I mean, previous from... What are you gonna say you're on the other side? Like <laughs> you already lost. It's like from... saying you're a confederate. You're like okay. <laughs> I feel like I need to go apologize to a Jew at this point. Okay, we need to stop. <laughs> no, but you'll um there's a lot of symbolism in Yule that a lot of people aren't aware of. Um, Santa Claus is eight reindeer. Nine if you count Rudolph, but really eight. Odin's horse Sleipnir has eight legs. Where do you think that came from? Um, the Santa Claus being Odin was a very old, old thing, but that was the common thought. And it got turned into St. Nicholas or jolly old saint nick and then santa claus came a little bit after that out of germany i believe come to think of it i'm like 80 percent sure it came from coca-cola um oh. like the the image oh, that we know of yeah so growing up i had we had statues and shit that were really weird but i always remember during Christmas, part of the decoration was statues of really slender, tall, wizard-looking motherfuckers. But it was in like a red robe with white fur linings. So it wasn't like holding a staff and being like, and it didn't have a sack of toys. It was just walking around. Like it was just these wooden statues like all over. 
of his repetition, very slender, very tall, white bearded man with like a little of a cap and not like the fucking cap we know, and then a rope. And that was, you know, that's Santa, but yeah. it's Odin was the, the representation of it. Um, I'm pretty sure when they said, what, to your point, Satan, Nick, Santa Claus, all that stuff, um, to, for a long time, he was still seen as a skinny or a slender person. Um, and then I think it wasn't until Coca-Cola came into the picture and wanted to rebrand it, like what they did with like the polar bear, and they made like a large one. Maybe it was like Macy's. No, no. I think you're, I think you're on point with Coca-Cola. We should probably just Google this to find out when yeah. Santa become fat. Um, but when he ate every cookie in the world in one night. That's also true. Fucking that is like he's the guy that's like diabetes. That's the he that's that's Santa. So he's a diabetes. So, so here's is uh Santa Santa now still Odin or Thor? Ooh. Ooh. I think Santa went through a midlife crisis and just plumped <laughs> up like Thor. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, did Coca-Cola know something we didn't? And that's why they made him look like a goddamn muscle man. Like, I mean, I if mean he, they, he's he, hauling he's around. That, yeah, if he's hauling around that bag of toys, he's got to be strong man strong. Yeah. That's interesting. But no, I still think it's Odin. <laughs> I think the depiction of what Santa has turned into is... Well, I don't want to say wrong, but it is. When we talk about cookies, though, I wanted to throw this in there. Go ahead. I said it's, it's just cartoonish to appeal to yeah. the younger generation, so... Now, also, I just want to throw this in there. For all the dads out there with little people that run around their house causing chaos and they give them presents on christmas or yule um i have convinced my children that santa claus doesn't want milk he wants single malt whiskey and like a little barrel when you're like that's what's up <laughs> no we put it so our family we obviously celebrate yule but we put it in a drinking horn and i just pour whiskey into a cup and set it on there and they've got cookies and stuff right next to it and we even so obviously yule is the thing so we keep the cookies there but oftentimes we actually use meat. We'll put like little portions of our uh, Yule Day roast beef or whatever it is out on the plate too, and, or Yule's Eve, and we'll take that and we'll put that on the plate for the wolves and the ravens. And then we take like carrots and stuff and put them off to the side or like an apple for Slepnir. And then occasionally we'll throw a cookie on there too, but it's like we've edited that tradition because I don't want to say I've convinced my children that cookies and milk is not what he wants, but that's exactly what I did because we're discussing Odin and his beasts, not reindeer and some jolly old fat man. What, what are you going to do when they leave like a single red glass of wine out when they find out Odin to survive with wine? Outstanding. I hope they get that. Well, the the offerings of the meat and the carrots i think would still stay there but instead of yep. whiskey i think it will be turned into wine it was no. that what you're getting at 
It's like you have like a charcuterie board with dessert on it, basically, and then like some rain, like under a tree, like your fucking nature just fell on this bitch. Like, like you're describing all this stuff. I'm like, I really want a charcuterie board right now. <laughs> no, but I was like cheese and meats and crackers. Like, bitch, that okay. <laughs> No, I just think it's great that my children are convinced. Like my my oldest, he actually went to school recently. So his teacher asked him, "Do you leave milk and cookies out for Santa Claus?" He goes, "No, I leave whiskey and meat." And she had to look at this little kid that's like five years old and go, "Okay." Hey, but you live a better life than I do. What the fuck? <laughs> well, I want it now. I don't want to dive into it because it's not my story to tell. But like, here's my thought process is, you know, as my partner is not heathen and not pagan, I've been struggling with having to, you know, uh, my son's, his favorite thing is Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. And he does it for hours on end. Um, But, you know, he's still young to, like, fully understand, like, what daddy's saying when it comes, like, happy Yule. Um, And that's something that, like, I've been wanting to do. Like, can't do it right now as he's too young. But what you were saying is something that I'm going to implement. Not the Santa only eats or drinks whiskey and meat um but giving the the reason why we're setting out you know on daddy's side what daddy believes in of we're setting out meat for the wolves we're sending and the ravens um and then we're giving out carrots for slepnir and you know doing it like that by but me and my partner also have the agreement that we're not going to push religion on our kids because uh, we were both like that when we were uh, growing up and we we're like, we're not going to do that. But it's hard when your father's uh, a gothi. Yeah. <laughs> and his whole job is religion. Be, yeah. I think the approach on that would be hard, though. It'd be like... You had to both approach it the same way. So it would almost be like they walked into a room and there was Christmas set up and there was Yule set up. And simply just letting them roam, I mean, obviously that's what they do. But then if they ask questions on it, then seeing your guys' both response to it, like if they go and ask about Christmas, your partner could be like, blah, 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 and like give it that. And then if they ask about Yule, you'd have to respond in like the same, not cadence, but the same level of like, depth as like your partner would because you don't want to start like competing against each other on the knowledge of how holidays but i think the only way it would really i mean you can just if you were just setting up your thing the questions would come naturally and if not then they would just observe and then eventually maybe naturally so i don't know if it's something really like you can just do it and then see if they join instead of being like hey now we're gonna go do this because you could do carrots with santas if you wanted to feed the reindeer or something yeah you can feel into it and like but, his, my hammer that I wear, um, he knows it as daddy's necklace. So like, I mean, you guys been to my house. I got other than Jurassic Park, just everywhere. I got my books and um, I have an altar set up and everything. So it's not that 
my path is hidden or anything like that. It's, uh, I, I, they're just not old enough to fully understand. So what do you think would be a better approach for, let's say, a high school heathen, right? Um, believes in the path, parents think they're just rebelling, you know what the hell they're talking about. They celebrate Christmas, but they still want to do something, even if it's not in cadence to Christmas. Do you think they could do their own little kind of offering plate, kind of a, like a bloat in their room? Or do you think they should um, kind of seek out that truce, kind of what you're talking about there, saying, can I put this here as well? Not like a big effigy of fucking Odin, but like offerings or something like that. Um, I mean, I could see either way, but what do you guys think? So, uh, I'm just going to go first, uh, reach out to us and we'll help navigate that situation as religious leaders. Your parents, kids, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we'll be the, the support for that conversation. Um, but I think... It would honestly have to be up to the individual if they feel comfortable, um, you know, reaching out and like discussing with their parents. It also is on the premise of how do they have the, the what's what's the thing the the barnyard the manger yeah if they have so, like, no, it's, it's, uh, isn't there a name for it? Like the set? Nativity set. Yeah, the nativity set. Do they have one of those set up? You know, how big into Christian or any other faith-based are there? If they aren't, then I think it would be easier to ask. But if it's not, and they're not aware of your path, I think... Hiding it away so it's not dis- disturbed by their negative energies during the offering would be the best course of action. But as always, reach out to us and help. I remember growing up, we had nativity sets every year, obviously, and they were like these porcelain, all wood manger with this dog. It was like Yadra level fucking little things. And I remember like, we never were allowed to touch it when we were little. But even when we hit, like, 12 and up, we never, like, ruined it or took things away from it. But my siblings and I would replace things with other things, right? So there would just be, like, a dinosaur instead of a wise man. Or, like, a turtle instead of baby Jesus. And so we would, like, mess around with stuff, because it had, like, a whole foliage thing, so it was snow everywhere. But, like, we never got in trouble for it. And I think that my parents didn't care that we were doing that, the, the fact that the symbolization was still there. So I think... To your point, it would you have? I mean, you'd, with any heathen, you have to gauge your surroundings and your audience, even if it's your family. So I don't know. Now, to be entirely fair, no, we've seen the pictures online of the people that are replaced a picture of Jesus in somebody's home with like a picture of Obi Wan Kenobi, and <laughs> nobody notices for years. Um, I, I, I've never seen like I've never seen them, but man, that kills me. <laughs> Because it looks just like it. <laughs> it does. It's great. Um, honestly, there's a lot of things you could do. I would never encourage someone to hide their practice, but I understand the fear that rests there because I deal with it not so much with my immediate family, my wife and my kids. We, we all practice the same way. 
but with my extended family, I have had to do that in the past. Um, for example, just over Thanksgiving, they said a prayer over the food. I politely excused myself out of the building, and my wife took the kids to play in the gymnasium in the church instead of where they were all doing that. And it wasn't so much that I wanted, I just didn't want to take away from their practice because that to me and the negative energy for me and my belief is slightly more aggressive than others. So I didn't want to take away from it. So instead of doing that, I excused myself from my space. Now, my answer to if someone wanted to make an offering like that and take into account their practice during that, do it outside. Nobody cares what's out behind the backyard tree in the middle of winter. Set your offering there. It's far more applicable in a lot of cases with them being outside, especially with Odin and the wild hunt and what it does during this time of year. That would not be unheard of. Now, don't hide it. If they ask, if they see you doing it, don't hide it. Just tell them, I didn't want to take away from yours. That's never been my intent. So I did my own thing outside where my gods are. That's it. But that would be my advice is take it somewhere else. Whether that's in your own room, if you have that relationship with family where your room is your safe space and your safe space. <laughs> um, but if that's your place, then do it there. But I would encourage you not to take away from this, but always have that discussion if you can, if you're available and your family is receptive to it, have the discussion of, can I add to it? I don't want to take away from yours, but can I add my own? So that we can still celebrate this holiday of togetherness and being around family and friends, which is what Yule is. Can I add to yours? So that I feel justified. Um, but yeah, we've got another story fairly recently too, Thanksgiving, same thing. We were there for a couple days, and my family is very heavily Christian. I won't say which denomination, but they are very heavily Christian. And they said a prayer for something else. I don't even remember what it was. And they were all sitting around, and one of my cousins that knows I'm very Norse pagan. I'm a religious leader for the community, so in all these things, he kind of looked at me, side-eyed me during their prayer. And after it, I said, hail the gods. Because I didn't disagree with what they were saying. They were asking their God to keep everyone safe, keep everyone fed and healthy. They were, they were doing those things. But I didn't give that credit to their God. So he heard me say this, and he asked the question, what does that mean to you? And, and my response was, it's very similar to how you say amen. And he just kind of looked at me for a second and was like, okay, but which gods? And that's where that conversation started. So it was also a growing experience for those around me too, instead of just me practicing on my own and excusing myself from everything, I got to teach a little bit of what I believe. And he was very receptive to it, luckily, for the most part. But yeah, that's another option that you always have is trying a different way. Yeah, and you know, I have a story of that same similar interaction um, when I'm at my uh, partner's grandparents' house. Uh, we go out and we, uh, you know, they, they hold hands and they pray all together and, you know, they, they worship, uh, Jesus Christ, the God, uh, big G 
and everything like that and you know they say amen um i say hail the gods and skull um i i'm in the same room and um like i don't hold hands or anything like that and people reached out uh you know grab my hand and i say no thank you um and i just you know keep my eyes open you know i do my own practice and you know i say my quote quote prayer and you know be like hail the god and skull to practice what i and like just like your immediate family like and you yourself i'm very open in my religious beliefs i got tattoos everywhere i got my hammer um and then if anyone comes up and asks like everyone's like oh he believes in the viking stuff you know i constantly have to make that correction i was like well just like uh you keep on saying Viking stuff. I'm going to say everything you do is uh, priest stuff. Right. And they're like, no, it's a being a priest is a position. I was like, being a Viking is a position. It's a job. Yeah, that correction has been fun for me. Um, one of my uncles. Love him to death, kind of. Um, but he is very aggressively Christian. So we've gotten into it a couple times and he said something similar about something about Viking, Viking this, Viking that. And I was like, do you want me to raid? I'll raid. You're not going <laughs> to like what happens, but I'll do it. And he was like, well, no, what I mean, I was like, how many times have I told you that Viking is an occupation? That's a thing. That's a verb to go Viking. And he was like, well, a bunch of times and I was like okay then make your fucking correction dude because I'll go raiding you just won't like where I raid <laughs> so yeah so when I left I heard you kind of mention it um, I don't know if you covered it but uh, during these times and really during any time but like during these times there's a lot more praying going on in many 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 households how do you guys how do you guys practice or what do you guys do during prayers like, if, if not your prayers, like Christian prayers or whatever, what do you guys do during other people's prayers? We actually both just touched on that. Yeah. While you stepped away. Yeah. I'm single parenting, so I had to go put on a dinosaur show, dinosaur show oh, for the little <laughs> one. Um, but no. You mean the dog? Yeah. Yeah. But he... <laughs> essentially she likes um, dinosaurs she's like fascinated with dinosaurs so she was getting kind of whiny and like on her behind legs so i had to go put on some dinosaur show for her because you know so jurassic park the nfr i know so i put on i was looking for jurassic park they had all those stupid kid ones and i was trying to pick it fast so i put on land of the lost with will ferrell so what could go wrong <laughs> um so like essentially it's uh we either so mine is i just i don't hold hands i stay in the safe space or the same space um and then i say uh hail the gods and skull because it's still my practice i'm not taking away from theirs um but if i do like if it's in a church or anything then i would do similar to what sigrid ufar did on his story and excuse myself because that's a that's a holy place and I don't want that would be 
like me or them interrupting a bloat and be like, I don't want them to interrupt a bloat. So I'm not going to interrupt their prayer in a church. So I would, I would excuse myself and be like, I'll just come back when um, you're done. I'm not taking, a, I'm not trying to diminish or take away from your energies um, and just do navigation like that. And then um, it would be hard to navigate if they say, no, please stay. Yeah. Cause then that would be a tough one to navigate internally. I I have some experience with that as well, um, with my parents in particular. So I love my parents to death. I really, really do. They're great. They're amazing people. They've taught me everything I know. They've helped me through life. They've done everything for me. They love my kids. They dote on them like crazy. They're spoiled little brats now because of grandma and grandpa. Okay, cool. They are still very Christian. Um, and at dinner, they pray. There was one time where I drew a line that they said no more. My father decided he was going to say a prayer and tried to force my children to fold their hands and pray with him. That was the straw that broke the camel's back for me in that instance. I was happy to stay there. They're my parents. I love them to death. But my children won't. If they don't want to, they won't. If they chose to, they can. I'm not going to tell them no. But when it was the, I won't start praying and we can't eat until the prayer's done, until you fold your hands, that was the break for me. And I went off a little. Held my ground. Tried carefully with that because it can cause massive rifts in relationships. It really, really can. Luckily, my parents are super understanding and know how I came to this path and all the things that I've been through and where I stand now. And my dad actually apologized to me for that a little bit later, saying, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that's how deep that went. <laughs> kind of took me by surprise again. I was like, what do you mean you didn't realize that's how far this went? And we had our conversation about that, but we worked it out to a point where he understands. He can say it. I have no problem with him saying, okay, we're going to pray. Hold your hands. But if my kids don't and they don't want to, they won't. And I won't make them. And we we talked it through. So that's something else that inevitably it will happen. I'm going to say that. Inevitably you will have these types of altercations, conversations, whatever it is, where things get a little heated. It's going to happen at some point. Whether it's with family or a close friend or a family friend, it will happen. I know White Wolf has a story on this and it's fucking hilarious. No, I was going to say, I mean, all my Christian household growing up my whole life, everyone was the same belief, and there were still fights every Christmas. Like, that's just Christmas. Like, yeah. But, so you might as well go full tilt your own direction, because it's going to happen either way. So, right. But no, those kind of things, they're going to happen. Those conversations about religion and your beliefs and your practices, they will happen, and sometimes you will feel attacked by it. Unfortunately, that is the nature of the beast in today's world with what we deal with. The nature of the beast. There's your Christian rights. Um, it could be Jormungandr. <laughs> yeah, that's what that saying means. Um, nature of the snake. Or worm. Depending on translation. That, yeah, nature of the serpent is the same as nature of the beast in a lot of contexts for them, so... I don't think that's going to change much. 
But no, they, we're, it, so, we're so deeply assimilated in their beliefs. <laughs> weird. Uh, oh no. Speaking of Yule, um, no, but those things will happen. Judge those accordingly to the situation that you're in and those you're. Yeah, I get. And growing up, um, even when I did practice whatever else, um, I would. My family's huge, and they're very, very LDS. Like my grandma served like ten missions. Everyone in the family, including the females, have all gone on missions. Like things like that. They're very, very devout. Um, uh, but I just wouldn't do anything. Like when they pray, I just sit there. And I've done a few different ways. So like when I was younger, I'd close my eyes and just not do anything. I wouldn't say amen or any of that crap. I would just sit there awkwardly. Um, and then nowadays, half of them don't close their eyes anyway, so we're all just sitting there anyway while someone's just fucking talking. Um, I did it once where, and I started doing it a little bit more because it was not too bad, is give it, it like doing like small, quick meditations on it or whatever else, on a single god or a, a rune or whatever else during their prayer time. Because literally, everyone's quiet, bowing their heads, keeping their eyes closed. It's basically guided meditation at that point. And so if you can just white noise out the talker you can have that same look so if someone is looking around or whatever else you just look like you're a part of the family doing your own doing whatever else is doing but you can really focusing on the god that you want to do an offering for or that you're celebrating or thanking or focusing on a room to maybe get through the family ordeal or you know the food or whatever else so that worked out really well for me a few times so i and to your guys point and this is all circumstantial it's like depending on the family if like they will whoop your ass if you're not eyes closed head down type of thing like my family was you learn to adapt and make the best of your mind when they're trying to penetrate it with their words so yeah i like how you went and did that it was not necessarily like being open but you're still honoring your religious path. It's like at that point, it's just self-preservation and trying to keep the peace. And there's nothing, I don't think that anything's wrong with that. I really don't. I, okay. Here we go. For a little old time. I hate that that's what it's resorted to, that we have to subvert and hide what we do. In a lot of situations, and a lot of people still have to do that. I hate that that's the reality. A lot of people, especially here in the U.S. near the Bible Belt area, there's a lot of closet pagans, and we had that whole conversation about that in a previous podcast, about opening up and telling those around you and coming out of the pagan closet. But I hate that that's the reality. I hate that that's what we have. As soon as I found a way to make it productive, it literally was like some of the best time because my whole family was there and no one was fucking talking to me so like there was only one speaker and hopefully they're on the other end of the table and so it, it didn't it didn't ever feel to me well it did at first because you know you don't know what to do like a threat to your existence or self-preservation it was just like hey i'm sitting here and you know i'd sit there eyes open walk like looking around planning out what i'm gonna eat first or whatever else but really it became so much better for the community and like myself when i took that time to go inside my own mind so yes it's sad that it is that but that's not it's not a bad thing like it's not like a sad thing that we get to find time with our family where we get to find our own internal way to celebrate with our family and our beliefs it's kind of our own our own christmas present from them and our yule gift to them is that kind of me at the middle of the island type of thing right they just don't know 
Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, I hate that that's the reality. I really do. I hate that the reality is for some people that they're hiding it. And they have to actively hide it from loved ones. That sucks. And I don't oh, wish that on no, and that's the problem. It's like if it's something that's being casted in the family, then it's an issue. And that's why sometimes practices last more, multiple days, and you can practice through before and after Christmas. When they're packing up their shit, you can still be doing your own thing um, in, in, in any way. So that's why, I mean, Christmas is one day. You can be the whole damn month if you. that's the way you choose to practice. So, Right. Which is always beneficial. Um Speaking of that, we have our Yule celebration coming up next week, which is crazy to think about because there's going to be 30 freaking people in my house again. It's like every month at this point. I love it. I love it to death. It's great. But holy shit. Um, No, but we have that happening. So I was curious as to what you guys, the actual Yule day or Yule three day, whatever it is, your Yule practices are. What do you guys do in particular for Yule? So mine changes almost every year because I don't know the last time I lived in the same location for two years in a damn row. Um, So I'm very circumstantial to where I am. I'm in like the same states or regions or whatever else, but I'm constantly in new homes or whatever else. Uh, Homes is a bold word. I move apartments a lot. Um, So (laughs) you both have homes. I just... I just bounce around. Um, but sometimes, like, some places I live are worse than others. Some are downtown. Some are out in country-esque areas. It's completely circumstantial to what the needs of my life are. And it's not built around one day. It's the one or the one celebration. The one celebration I have to build around my living situation. So it changes all the time. I couldn't even tell you really what I did. Oh, I do. I think I, think I remember last year i literally i have a wood-burning fireplace um in my apartment and i did a yule log um with my significant other and we literally just like pretty sure we were super fucking high drank and just watched like every version of the grinch we like we went ahead and picked because like some christmas movies they're good like they don't have to be like christmas uh, we're not watching like Miracle on 34th, but like we chose like we get to pick one like Grinch that we agree on or two, and then we'll watch like Bob's Burger episode. So we just celebrate kind of each episode, and because we like the shows of those, but um, that was when we were like more downtown. We couldn't get out and do things like that. This year we've already got it pl- uh, planned out. Um, behind us now, it's a much much better place. It's a river and it's surrounded by trees like it's an it's an entire fucking forest along the river the river is a lazy river so it doesn't have a current in either direction you can sit on a tube and you'll pass each other just randomly in different directions so it's really cool and it goes through the whole city and so because of the trees and there's walkways and stuff we're going to go through and celebrate and decorate a live tree like we're going to go out there and, and we're going to do a whole thing like we'll decorate it we're not going to make a whole like scene about it but we're going to decorate it fairly well and it's going to be a public tree so anybody can walk by it and they're going to be like what the fuck is that and so a lot of people might see it as a Christmas tree but we're doing it for Yule so we'll be doing that, and if it gets taken down, we'll do it multiple times, whatever else. So that's how we plan on doing this year, at least as far as symbology outdoors. Um, we don't have, outside of like going places, we don't have any plans quite yet. She's still fairly new. She's not. She's fairly new to a lot of practicing parts of it. Um, she's knowledgeable of it, but never done it. And so I assume this year is going to be a pretty good mixed batch of 
her beliefs and practices and mine and like mine will be developed mine will be built around growing hers but with my influence obviously because it's me so but other than that maybe a maybe a gift we just bought a bunch of new shit so we're kind of feeling the we're gifted out right now and be like you know what this was this was you all we got both well, got new phones. I got a new Xbox Series S and, uh, and then or an Xbox Series X and a new big ass fucking TV. She's in Las Vegas right now at the NFR buying. Like we're good. We're good for the year. But I don't think we need to embellish anymore. So, so um, we uh we have our holiday tree up uh already. I planned on doing my Yule. For, lasts for three days and ends on the 24th because um what we've been doing uh is with my family we do our gift exchange on a christmas eve and then we go to uh her family's house the ones that you know pray over the meal and everything on christmas morning and we have breakfast there and everything um but this is this is my first time owning a house and being with my family during Yule for the past God, it's three years. So it's, it's a different, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have anything planned necessarily, but, uh, you know, I have, uh, I have some incense, you know, get the, get the mood going. Um, do a mother's night, uh, do a gift exchange give out an offering you know pretty standard nothing too nothing too complex um you know as my family we're not trying to push religion so daddy's just gonna do his own thing and if little one wants to be with me then he's gonna be with me maybe watch some uh vikings tv show and, like, and that's what I was just thinking. Is like I was trying to think of shows that are Nordic depictions, or at least Nordic themed, or whatever else, um, to the, that you can like watch or whatever else doing it. Because there's a lot of Christmas themed everything, but not a lot of Yule themed anything. Y'all don't I'm know what my like... favorite one is. My favorite Christmas or Yule style movie is The Guardians. The Guardians. It's about Jack uh, Frost. Yeah, with like Jack Frost, the like Easter Bunny, oh, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So their, not about that. Their depiction of Santa Claus is fucking spot on, and I love it. He's like, because he's still this happy-go-lucky dude that's just like doing his own fucking thing, but he's got the tattoos on his forearms of naughty and nice, and he's like, he's tatted, and it's got like Nordic knot work and shit around it. And he's got the big beard, and he's wearing, like, a surcoat. He doesn't wear, like, the traditional red robe thing. He's not wearing the hat. But he's, like, this big bearded dude that's just jacked as shit. And he has an accent in the movie, too, which is... Mm, I love it. And it's a great story about being happy and having friends and believing in something. That is by far my favorite... Yule movie that my kids will sit there and watch repeatedly. Um, we also watched The Grinch, with, which is, uh, I just think it's funny. Yeah, with uh, Jim Carrey? Either one. Uh, the newer animated one or the 
Jim Carrey one. I know um, what we do uh, for like my, and this is how I grew up, is we watched Elf um, while mm-hmm. setting up the, the tree. So we did that. Um, I'm going to have to add Gar- Rise of the Guardians. Uh, that's the title of the movie. I'm going to have to add that to my list. Because um, I like how it's just not about like there's it shows like tooth fairy as like not a tooth fairy she's a half she's a well, I was gonna share my screen real quick too because i pulled up a full image of like the santa and it, it, it's pretty cool i don't know if it's gonna work i'm gonna put a button i'm i'll see if i oh, can if i do this like, replace it i'm not i'm not doing it but it's right. a good picture though i see what you're saying though it's very nordic it's cool yeah yeah, and he works with the, in that movie. He's got like yetis instead of just elves that run around for him and make shit. The heavy but, lifter. Uh, there, there's another movie uh, that came out. Um, let me look it up real quick. But it came out last year, and it was one second. I have, I can't even explain it. Um. We watched The Grinch, but my favorite Grinch is actually the original. Like, I love it because I watched that a ton. Um, I've heard the new... I love the new one. I absolutely love the new one. Um, I've heard a lot of people don't like that one, though. Like, it's too millennialized or whatever the hell else. But I like the Jim Carrey version. I like Jim Carrey. I like the oldest one. And I like the newest one. But there's a lot of them in between. There's actually a couple Grinches, but those are the ones that I watch. Yeah, I, I like... I don't like... One. So, uh, the movie is called Violent Nights. Um, Ooh, that sounds familiar. It came out Violent Night? Yeah, Violent. Not a kid's show. No, it's rated R, I'm pretty sure. But it's, uh, like, a disgruntled Santa that, you know, is drinking whiskey and everything. He's just done with the job and no one believes him and he's just, like, pissed off. Um... But it's definitely not a children movie. Um, but it gives a different uh, gives the warrior aspect, like kind of like the wild hunt, because he, yeah. he ends up hunting the people. Like if you've seen the movie, why will if you should watch it? I want to say, say we're absolutely gonna watch this. Uh, <laughs> I want to say it's on Peacock. Okay. No, there's a lot of movies. Um... Anyways, to answer my own question earlier, after we got on a movie, our practices are still very reminiscent of how we were raised, um, except for the date changed. That's the biggest piece that changes for us. We actually do it on the solstice. Um, if it's on like a Wednesday, like it is this year, me and my wife call out of work. We don't go in that day. Um, but that morning, we do the gift exchange and everything, and the night before, we do the Yule Eve everything with the leaving stuff out for Odin and going through all that. And my wife put all the presents under the tree and everything like that, and all the gift exchange stuff happens that morning. But I also tell stories. I'll pick and choose stories out of the Poetic Edda or out of one of the books that I have, or the prose, or the Volsung Saga, or something, to tell stories of our gods. I try to stick to the ones that are heavily Odin-based, based on the time frame that we're in, but I'll also tell the kids about Uller and Scotty, and what happens during the winter time, 
I veer away from the wild hunt just based on their ages so far, because that can be a little much for little people. But then that night, we actually have normally a gathering of fellow pagans in the local community, and it's open to a lot of people. Um, there's actually somebody that me and Wolf both knew that fell away from an old kindred and ended up reaching out to me and my wife saying, hey, are you guys doing anything for Yule, and can I come? So that was interesting. But yeah, we just gather a bunch of different pagans together, and that night we we go from about... 4 a or 4 p.m. to whenever the hell we're done, and we just have a freaking party. It's the celebration of friendship and the gifts exchange. I think we're doing a white elephant thing this year or something. Charge, but we just try and celebrate being together, being safe, being warm, and having that friendship and that time of together, even through the rough times of winter and everything else. And we focus on that. So that's a lot of our stuff, is that side of thing. Nice. Um, I, so, oh, I was thinking this too earlier. Um, it wasn't even today. But it, so traditionally, if you do these a lot or ever or whatever else, um, leftovers for dinner and stuff like that are really good scraps to give to land whites, house whites, whatever else for appeasement. Um, that's where milk and cookies kind of naturally came from. It wasn't for fucking Odin. He didn't give a shit. Um, it was for the land rights and everything that to keep the house cool or warm and nerdy or whatever else. Um, so would you be, I don't even know how to phrase that because it was kind of the answer, but would you be putting the food and offerings out for Odin or would you be doing the food and offerings out for the land whites, the house whites, to protect during the wild hunt? Because one's kind of inviting that in, and one's kind of keeping it locked down. But, I mean, we don't believe that Odin comes into our house and gives us fucking presents. So that's kind of the concept there. If we're, like, leaving things out, and if we're just, if we're just using that concept to kind of reteach our children, that totally makes sense until that tradition goes away or whatever else, uh, because it's a more fun or a more realistic way to celebrate that and integrate it into ours, or to be something like, hey, we're not not letting Odin in, but the goal here is to kind of keep his murderous ass out. Well, it could be seen as you know if he does come in, alright, if Odin does come in, we're giving him a gift and being like alright, hi, we're here um, don't murder us, please um, but you know, for for what you said when, like, the land whites, the house whites, um honestly i would give offerings to both one for you know the little ones but then also um if by chance odin comes you know be like he i didn't know if he was coming but i knew he was about so it was a if you're coming here's a gift you're you're welcome to be here um and being like a nice neighbor uh but for the housewives, it would be a different type of meaning behind the offering. It would be more like a, this is this is the time where life tends to die. Keep with us. You're still here. You're still part of our family. You're not forgotten. Um, 
you know, be with us. Uh, we'll get through this together. And, you know, you've done it thousands of years before me. Um, but that doesn't mean that I can't write this year's journey with you. Right. And in that sense, it would be like the land whites would be like the family or your kids, your family that you're celebrating with. And then sell or uh, visiting friends or relatives would be like if Odin did. The more yeah. I, I think about it, it's like it's a weird concept because really in my life I avoid the wild hunt at all costs if I can and actively pursue the opposite direction. Um, so it, it's weird for me to think about because we don't really like you, you know, Yule and all that stuff isn't about Odin coming in, dropping off presents through a fucking chimney and then flying away on Slutnir. Um, so the concept's interesting, but really if we were going it by kind of what we should be doing or what I feel like I should be doing, it would be preventing anything from getting inside. So like if it was like a chimney, I should be fucking burning the Yule log to burn someone's ass that's gonna turn them down like a chimney. It's a preventative, not an inviting. Yeah. So I'm just thinking more and more on how I would want to prevent Odin from coming in, which is a weird concept. But on the flip side, you got the Havamal, which is be welcoming to wandering strangers. Yeah, but the wandering strangers are the fucking wild hunt. They're not wandering, they're hunting. The sand. So. Okay. Also, bloats. Is the celebration, and I do it at the beginning of winter, in that time frame, in order to ensure and invite the land and housewives and make sure they are welcome. And that is my blow to them. Now, do I honor them throughout this time? Absolutely. We leave offerings out all over the place all the time. But in regards to keeping Odin which is a crazy concept to me. How the fuck do you plan on doing that? Well, that's kind of why it's a good thing I'm a gothy and not just some high school pagan in his room. So say your ways. You think I'm only prepared to go against? You think I'm only prepared to go against war with fucking Loki? If you can take on Loki, you can have a pretty good square chance against Odin. Like. Like, if you're shit, like, if you're gonna fight Mike Tyson, the local guy at the gym's just fine. Like, I just, I don't know. to me, that's a crazy concept. Because it is, that's what I'm thinking about it. It's like, it's blowing my mind because they would have to be, like, if, if I did what I would do, if I did me, not saying people should do this, but it would be like, I would do my bind rune, I would be doing present, or, uh, uh, cleansings, like literally everything in its power. Like it would almost be the point of like, no wine in the house. We're not, this is not that kind of thing. We're not inviting it. I'm not having the scent that he loves in this fucking thing. It's like going into a lion's den and rubbing yourself with steak beforehand. Not doing that. So I don't know. It would have to be, it would have to be like all hands on deck, too. It's a full, that's like a full damn day's work. You're going to scoff at this, and I think it's great. I don't fear the wild hunt. If it happens, it happens. If it really? comes, it comes. I had no idea how you would react to that. Um, it's just one of those things where I don't feel like I should... 
uh, fear it in certain aspects, absolutely. I'm not going to go traipse around on the fucking woods alone in the middle of the night. No, I'm not suicidal. But when it comes to my home, I've had these protections in place. This is the gathering place for my kin, my people, my folk, my everything. Why would I not extend the offering to Odin during this time? And this is just my personal perspective because I get the wild hunt. I understand where you're going with it. I understand the goal there. But if he's going to claim somebody, if the wild hunt is going to swoop down and claim somebody or a group of people for them, whatever it may be, who am I to stop? Does that make sense? Yeah, and... I talk about the wild hunt like that. I don't think the wild hunt should be something you're scared of. I think it should be something that brings to light an unnecessary risk at a time that is the most dangerous. So right. kind of your point, like, I don't think you should be sitting here like worried about the wild hunt kicking down your door and killing you. Um, but to your point, like this might not be the time for a fucking morning hike. Like, it, like it's not about the, the, the hunt being scared of the hunt. It's being, hyper aware of your surroundings to avoid unnecessary risk to yourself or loved ones, I think is more. That's more of the wild hunt to me. Um, I'm going to try and find the stands in the hall mall, but there's one. Holy shit. I opened right to it. Hashtag guilty life. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been I've seen and read a lot that um when if you were claimed during the wild hunt, you don't go anywhere but the wild hunt. Like they claim you as that. You don't become Hadiar, you don't go to hell. It's literally you're like and you're on the team. Um uh, and yeah. realistically there's only there's only like two places I want to end up and it's Heimdall's Hall or the Wild Hunt really, because fuck it. <laughs> so then here's the question why do you prevent it? Or why do you put up your predictions? Well, again, unnecessary risks uh, of ending my life sooner. Not that I'm overly attached, um, but I still have some work to do, uh, which is very just goofy shit. Um, but that being said, like, you know, Odin's Odin, so if he wants it, he's going to take it. And if he hasn't taken us yet, maybe we always talk about him being the real asshole and claiming lives before they should be taken to have the strongest warriors. Um Maybe it's just I'm not strong enough he pagan yet during the wild hunt and or I don't know. It would be one of those things that's displacing for my or displacement of myself for my family and friends. I don't I don't there's no reason to embrace it when it's avoidable and brings negativity in almost every aspect. For me it's it's like yeah, I could like when you're left alone in a store, like yeah, I could steal from this store and make money if I resell it. But like, yeah. why? Well, it's it's like what you said. It's taking unnecessary risk and avoiding the unnecessary risk. That's how I see the wild hunt. I'm not going to go doing a midnight hike in the middle of my woods. No, why Why would I do that? Um, I'm not an idiot. Like, I, like, as you said, I still have work to do. I, my life isn't over. Um, today or it's not going to be over um you know i have i'm going to be a gothi in the afterlife so i'm still going to be working there but in the end i still want to make midgard 
a better place for heathens. Um, and like, I'm the firm, and this is my worldview when it comes to the web of weird. My birth time is predetermined, and my death is predetermined. I don't have it control any from that, but I control everything in between. I use the analogy of I'm in San Francisco and I want to go to New York. I can go the fastest way. I can go the slowest way. I could control where I want to go, but I will end in New York city. So that's, that's my worldview when it comes to like life and the, you know, death and everything like that. It's like, if it comes, then I know it's, come and the norns have seen it to that and you know the norns well, even and that's what i'm wondering does the wild hunt circumvent norns plans i don't think so i honestly no. i think the norns if anything they order or they like hey look at this guy he's looking a little weird and doing some weird shit and the wild hunts like he looks like one easy prey or hard prey, challenging, whatever, um, or a uh, a warm up game, you know, stuff like that. It's I think the Norns do subtle cues and they, you know, they, you know, they weave the fate of everything living. So, yeah. So there's like... a, there's a couple of stanzas in the Hall Mall Liam Hollander's version. Beep, beep, whatever, fuck it. Liam Hollander version of the Yeah, that one. Um, stanzas 36, 37, and 47. What's home is best, though, hud it be, there a man is master and lord. Though but two goats thine and a thatched roof, tis far better than beg. What's home is best, though, hud it be, there a man is master and lord. His heart doth bleed, who has to beg the meat for his every meal. Now, stanza 47 says, Young was I once, and went alone, and wandering lost my way. When a friend I found, I felt me rich, man is cheered by men. So, in this regard, with I think Wywolf knows where I'm going with But with keeping Odin out, I see it as an affront to him. Regardless of the hunt being filled by many lost souls and all of that, if he came to my door, even during the wild hunt, even if hypothetically he's standing in my front door, wide-brimmed hat, gung near at his hand, everything like that, his wolves prowling my front yard, I would still let him in, knowing that either my time has come, and I'm at a point right now that I am not so bold or so arrogant to believe that the wards that I've placed on my home would keep Odin out, or that there is any land white in existence that could protect my home from Odin himself. I, I genuinely don't, I can't believe it. But in a situation, I would absolutely bake cookies for it. Because at that point, you're fucked or you're fucked, and it's up to him, but... It's having that big neon open sign that I avoid so, turning off. Here's a thought, and 
uh we're getting close to time we got about like 10 minutes left um fucking how to practice this for like 10 minutes <laughs> but so as odin vilive you know they created midgard out of the body of ymir that's where land whites do they they pay homage to odin by always letting him in as they gave as odin vilive gave them places to rule Wait, I, you might have to say that to me again. Yeah. When he made out of Ymir... So, Odin Vilive yeah. made Midgard out of Ymir. We all know this. And that's where they rule, is they rule, they rule their land, their property within Midgard. Would the Land Whites, House Whites, would they pay homage to Odin to... Because... You know the creation and everything. I see. I see. So I think land whites, house whites, that stuff didn't exist when they made Midgard. Now that being said, it could have been like some spore samples from little blood yotens and shit that popped up like zits during that creation time. But to me, land whites. I think we discussed this once. I don't even know if it was on this or during the school chats. Um, where land whites were kind of talked through them being the servants and or minions of Vanir because of their nature. It was, and there uh, was a few times there yeah, it was it. the, the story of, uh, Gerd. It's when, yeah, it's when Frey gives away Gerd. his word. Yeah, because his, his messenger is referenced to as a white or a white and so because of that it shows that the whites are serving the vanir so the vanir would then be the ones that would be over the land there so i don't think homage or anything like that would be paid into odinville and vey as much as it would be the like the vanir may avoid their areas because it is an ac land on a vanir land type territorial thing uh, i would see i could see it being like a straight up desert over like an oasis of their lands because there wouldn't have been there there wouldn't be that kind of nature unless it was invited in by them and controlled. Right. But that that's just my stance on this is if he knocked on my fucking front door during the wild hunt outside of that, I don't care if there's a fucking herd of horsemen in the street in front of my house. If I see a wide-brimmed hat and a dude carrying Gungnir with two wolves pounding my front yard and ravens crowing from my roof, I'm letting him the fuck in. And I'm treating him as the greatest guest I've ever seen. No expense will be spared. I don't give a shit. At that point, I might step outside like, this ain't good enough. Let's talk out here. <laughs> Start swiping that credit card. <laughs> this is a fucking mess. You don't want to go in there. <laughs> But no, got Christmas shit in there. Mm -mm. <laughs> but that that would just be my stance on that. Is if he wants in, he's getting in. So why wouldn't I treat him as a valued guest and take that stance instead? When stanza forty-seven of the Hobmall states, "Man bringeth joy to man." Like that is the thing. Is that give and take? And maybe that's when that gift exchange happens. And I'll give him whatever the f uh, 
what I don't even know what I would give a god directly. Head. <laughs> but, but like, you know, give her a gift, right? And be like, thank you for not choosing me as your prey today. Give the same gift in in receipt or you know what I'm saying? He doesn't go. Yeah, cool. See you tomorrow. Wait, what? <laughs> It's like, yeah, we'll schedule, we'll rain check this. Like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Get your affairs in order. No, that it's, and that's a crazy thought to have, which is always fun. Is what would you do if one of the gods just knocked on your door one day? Depends on the god. If it was rig, I'd hide my girl. So, <laughs> would you? I don't know. <laughs> would you would you then be honored? As it's your favorite story, your favorite god, the one you pay homage to, and be like, "Thank well, you for choosing." Yeah, I don't want to offer him as a homage to him. I'll take him to a bar. <laughs> Shit. Like here, here is your prey. Go, go over there. But if he chooses <laughs> your son, thrall, you fuck. Like, oh no, that's not what I wanted. If Heimdall came to me, or Rick came up and said, "Hey, I want to bang your girl," I'd be like, "We got, we got to negotiate this contract because I want to be in your hall when I die, so we're gonna work this out." Like, <laughs> but no, like, what would you do? Genuinely, say, say Odin or Thor or one of the more benevolent, <laughs> benevolent, one of the more benevolent of the Aesir knocks on your fucking door. What do you do? How do you react? I mean, if we're acting literally, I would just depend on what the god or goddess is, which one it is, or who it is. If it's right. Loki, I'm going to prepare for him, so whatever. As he just touches your forehead and you fucking disintegrate. You guys are yeah. besties. No. I know. Um, we would just have, it would just depend on the god or goddess. I mean, if you were knowledgeable enough to, one, recognize them, because it might just be a UPS driver dropping off a package, but it's a god or goddess wanting to check in on your ass. So being able to recognize them in general is a whole other thing. But then if you're knowledgeable to know who they are and how to treat them, how to greet them with Odin, offer wine, right? Obvious. Um, with Frigg, give her some chocolate, or Freya, give her some chocolate. Fuck, she'll, she'll be fine. That's what I do with mine. Um, and this is depends on each one. You know, Thor, you could, you could have a drinking game or whatever else. Like, there's tons of stuff you could do. Um, I would definitely invite um, Tyr to play Call of Duty with me because I'd kick his ass. That one hand, you know, he can't. He can shoot, but he can't aim. <laughs> As the spectral hand shoots out of his wrist, like, oh yeah, this is a gift from Freya. Fuck you. <laughs> I, got, I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I think it just depends. I mean, on it and which one. And if, and if you're not aware, if you think of a god or goddess, you're like, I don't know what I do. Maybe that means you should look more into that god or goddess. Yeah, that's you. That's you outing your own. Like you don't know what you don't know. But if you're like, oh, what would I do if that happened? I'm not sure. Then you're like, oh, sweet. Now I've got a little thread to pull of knowledge I can learn from. As White Wolf commonly says, read a fucking book. Oh man. Now I'm just thinking about what happens if Uller knocks on my door. Am I fucking poaching? Like, is that what I'm doing? Like, I, I'll go get the bow. 
We're going, we're going. Okay. Or you're going snowboarding or something. Like that's that'd be cool. It's just called a ride. He, he would be snowshoeing. Scotty would be skiing. Yeah. Straight to Nordic yeah. Valley, dude. Scotty knocks on my fucking front door. Straight to Nordic Valley ski resort. Like <laughs> let's go. Dude, my ski. I don't know how to do shit. My cabin is so prepared for so many different gods and goddesses. There's snowshoes in the attic. There's everything we ever fucking need and more. There's skis, everything. If it's during the wintertime, we got you. Like, <laughs> no, it's just a crazy thought. What would you do? There's your, there's your parting question from the Gothar of New Uppsala. What would you do if one of the gods knocked on your Your favorite one and your least favorite. If Benrir knocks on my door, yeah. Fenrir's not knocking on shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If he knocks on my door politely, I'm scared shitless, and I don't know what I would do. I'd, I genuinely would just sit there and go, well, you want to step outside before you eat me, or do you want me to stay here? If Fenrir's at your door, it's way too late. Everything's like, already happened. My, my thing is, if, if Fenrir were to come up here, I was like, what happened to Fimblewinter? You'd be like, hey, any vacation you want to take, do it now. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> you so, ever been to the tropical islands? No. You won't be able to. You <laughs> might want to. <laughs> um, that that might be uh, one of the new side assignments. I think, uh, you know, our Ooh. gift to the students would be a, a side assignment. <laughs> That's one hell of a gift. Hey, by the way, we're not lessening your workload. Here's a fucking side assignment. Read a fucking book. That is the as is the education system. <laughs> well, anyways, I hope you all enjoyed our call tonight, or our podcast tonight, called Recording Podcast. Yeah. Recorded Podcast slash whatever the fuck this is. Um, I know, right? I hope you guys had fun. Enjoy Yule. Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever the fuck you celebrate. Whoever listening to this. Happy Kwanzaa. Oh, one of my employees said Ramadan. Ramadan. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever yeah. it is that you celebrate, if you're listening to these podcasts, and I hope you have a great holiday season that you sound, spend it surrounded by loved ones and friends, and you genuinely enjoy the presence of the gods, because that's what this holiday is actually. And ancestors. And the ancestors. And regardless of Whereas when you listen to this, if something cool happens or you do something cool, you should totally message us and tell us about it. Hell yeah. yeah. We'll see you guys later. Thank you, and happy holidays. Bye.